You're listening to episode 175 of the Pastor Writer Podcast, conversations on reading, writing, and the Christian life. I'm your host, Chase Replogal. Well, this week is the week that the Five Masculine Instincts is finally released. In fact, uh, several of you have already been texting or posting online pictures of your copies coming in the mail. I really appreciate seeing those, and I'm excited for you to be able to jump in and finally read the book after we've been talking about it for so long. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to begin wrapping up this series on the Five Masculine Instincts. Having learned about the Five Masculine Instincts, you might be wondering what comes next. What should I do with what I've learned about myself and those instincts? We'll take a closer look at Paul's advice to Timothy about how to watch your life and doctrine closely. Uh, We'll see how the Christian gospel offers a different path to character and why character is best infused into our life by the power of the gospel. Uh, Over these next two episodes, we'll begin wrapping things up. And I just again wanted to say thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to learn about the book. Well, Peter, good to be back together, and uh, we're wrapping up a couple more conversations on the book. Yeah. So the book, actually, we were joking, uh, has two chapters to conclude, so uh, there's enough. Part of that's a reflection of, I think, most men who have read through The Five Instincts, you probably identified with something in it. I imagine oh, this sure. is probably true yeah. with you. You probably had some sense of ways you could improve, but I think the book leaves a question hanging of sort of, okay, so what do I do with this? What comes next? And so it takes a couple chapters, really the chapter we're talking about, chapter eight, as a way of exploring that what comes next and then the final conclusion. But I'm happy to get into it. Love to hear your thoughts or questions, uh, the way that the book starts wrapping itself up. Yeah. Well, I think in natural men are, you know, we're practical and okay, we think, okay, well, what can I do now? What's the next step? You know, kind of fueling on that ambition and responsibility. We say, okay, well, what can we do about it? You know, we don't want to just sit here idly and so I like you introduce, of course, everybody knows the Paul and Timothy relationship. And it's, and it's basically you start talking about this process, and I'm just going to read it here. Mm-hmm. It has always been about these words, about those words Paul gave to Timothy. 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. And this is how, that is how you too make progress. That is the work ahead of you. So that's what I want to talk about is what is the work that's ahead of each of us? I mean, for myself personally, I mean, I... I resonated with each of these chapters. You know, I mean, obviously I'm, I, I tend to be somewhat of a deep thinker. I think about these things that are important to me. Um, but they have real relevance. They have real relevance in, you know, who I am as a man in my family, in my family's story, um, in my community and the work that I do and the life that I live. And so, um, there's so much to pull from this book, from each of these instincts. And again, I know I said this earlier, but I, I just love the way that you, you know, not necessarily remove the heroism of each of these people, but more you kind of break down their relatability of who they are as people. And I think that's really important because I think, again, we learn, especially as guys through relatability. And I think when we can align ourselves and say, okay, no, I can see myself in that person, or I can see how some of the tendencies that I have in my life right now, if I don't have, you know, some good practices in place or some good thought life in this area, then I could end up just like that. And so it's just a good refresher. It's a good reminder. And so, but there is work ahead. You know, I think all of us, like you said, are going to relate differently and maybe a little bit more with each instinct or each chapter. Um, but I, rec- I mean, I, I can relate to all of them in different ways. Um, but I do want to talk about like, okay, what's, what's ahead and sure. how do we, how do we unpack that? Yeah. So hopefully as people are concluding the book, hopefully 
hopefully what these instincts do, do is give some language so that we could talk about these things. So yeah. hopefully it is, whether it's a friend or a small group at a church, or we now are, have some common language for let's talk about sarcasm. Let's talk about ambition. Let's yeah. talk about apathy in ways that we may have felt or experienced and not known quite how to articulate them to one another yeah. or to be talking to a buddy and hear somebody talking about an experience or something they're feeling and to recognize in your brain Man, that really is a lot like David and his battle yeah. for reputation. Like maybe yeah. the two of us should spend some time reading the David stories. Hopefully the book gives some language to these experiences yeah. we have as men. But the next work, I do think um, Paul's letters to Timothy, all the pastoral letters in general, Titus and Timothy, are really interesting because so many of Paul's letters are written to whole congregations. Yeah. So when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he's dealing with possibly multiple house churches. When he writes to the church in Rome, he's writing to people he's many of them not even personally met. Uh, so you get these sort of like Paul writing in a very public way. These letters would have been read publicly. But when he's writing to Timothy and Titus, he's writing to individual men in an individual context with yeah. the work that Paul knows. Paul knows those men. They've traveled with him. He's been mentor to them. So you're getting really a, a remarkable gift. The Apostle Paul, who's speaking individually into the life of a young man yeah. about how he grows in character and sustains his work. Yeah. And it's striking that one of the most one of the most focused things that Paul says to Timothy in that first letter is watch your life closely and the teaching closely. By yeah. teaching, he's referring to teaching is shorthand for the thing which the uh, apostles have taught, which is the tradition of the gospel that's been handed down to you, right? So the gospel, the content of the gospel, the church's message. So the thing that Paul says, he goes on to say to Timothy, it's by this that you'll save yourself and the congregation and the way you make progress. So the way that he forms this, this advice to Timothy, what do I do next? How do I get better? There's all sorts of advice in the letters about yeah. what Timothy should and shouldn't do. But that core fundamental level, the advice is, Timothy, you need to learn to pay close attention to your life. Yeah. You need to see the instincts that you're operating by, the desires you have. Look deeper, push deeper, ask tougher questions about yourself. And at the same time, delve into the gospel, understand more about what Christ has done for you. Take the teaching of the church more seriously. I think of these as sort of left foot, right foot, right? Yeah. Know yourself, yeah. apply yeah. the gospel, yeah. know yourself, apply the gospel. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's learn the gospel and it opens up something to you about yourself, yeah. but this is how we progress forward step by step. Yeah. Know yourself, know the gospel. Well, I think it also speaks to why the word of God is alive, right? Because as we grow and we enter in new seasons of life or new experiences, then the, the relevance of scripture in that story, it just, it permeates differently in how we respond to the gospel and, and what it has done in our lives. I mean, I would, I venture to say as you get older, you become, I mean, I would hope so. Most men become more and more, um, compassionate in a sense because you've lived a longer life. So you have a better understanding. Um, but yeah, watch your life and yeah, you, you know, need that skill set though, even as you get older, because who you are changes exactly. as we talked about yeah. across the book, the yeah. things that motivate yeah. me change. Yeah. So I'm never quite done knowing myself. It's not yeah. like, Oh, I plumb the depths. I got it yeah. all. It changes. Yeah. And even the gospel, the gospel is not sort of a, a, a four lines that we memorize and then sign a card or check yeah. a box. Yeah. Um, the richness of how the gospel is being, I mean, this point's described in the scriptures that these are things the angels long to understand the yeah. depth and the richness of this gospel just grows with us. Yeah. I think will grow with us all into eternity. I yeah. mean, they think eternity is a process of continually understanding more and more of who God is and this grace and mercy he's shown through Christ. So yeah, that work continues. It moves yeah. us forward now and for a long ways to come. So 
So practically, how do you watch your life then? And how do you watch the gospel? If you were to say, hey, here are some things. I mean, I think, I mean, again, practically speaking, you know, what what does that look like? I think, you know, I think about the Paul and Timothy relationship and Mm -hmm. people in my life that I can have that with, you know, but how do we do that? What are some ways to do that? Yeah. So let me give a warning first about this and then get into the description. Um, There is a tendency in our culture to overemphasize just this one thing. And the reason Paul's advice, I think, is so powerful is because these are not individual projects. Mm -hmm. It's not just go spend two or three years learning about yourself. Uh, And then maybe there's another season where you learn about these gospels. I really mean it when I say left foot, right foot, like these have to be done together because the danger of spending a bunch of time just trying to understand yourself is you will get lost in a maze of of your own ideas and traits and you will lose perspective on yourself and go kind of mad (laughs) trying to understand who you are. And you're not a good judge of who you are. It's not knowing who you are is not enough to say you know, I can look inside and I can sort myself out. The reason we have scripture is because we're not good at sorting ourselves out. Yeah. So these things, um, we'll talk about them separately, mm-hmm. but I really think they have to be done together or side by side. But to know yourself, I mean, the book in a big way is trying to teach men how to do that. Yeah. How do you pay attention to the actions you're taking? Yeah. How do you track those deeper to the instinct or the narrative that might be motivate them? Yeah. And how do you become objective about how widespreading that instinct is within you. A good place to start is where you sin. Um, You know better than anybody else the places you tend to fall short. For a lot of men, those are the same areas because we're operating out of some very similar instincts, but there's all sorts of nuances or uniqueness to your particular sins. So I would start asking um, questions about the sins, the things that are motivating that particular sin. What is it? Sometimes it's my past. Sometimes it's my fears, my insecurities. Sometimes it's uh, things that have been done to me or things that I've done in the past or, but start investigating and trying to come to terms with what are the reasons this particular sin is, is causing me issues and start to connect that to what is the makeup of these motivations, these instincts or desires that are beneath the surface. And that'll get you going a long ways down to starting to understand who you are. And this is what Paul's saying to Timothy too. Like think of all the other advice he gives him, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't get discouraged about being young, even though people look down on you. And he talks about, uh, Timothy having stomach problems and probably some fear and anxiety and like sort that stuff out, Timothy, pay it. Don't just ignore it. Pay attention to those things and try to wrestle through why are these certain things causing you fear, anxieties or stress? Well, and, and with that too, because again, ultimately the goal here is to have a better understanding about our character. I mean, that's the underlying theme of this book mm-hmm. and through this is this shaping of character. And so with that, how can character be infused into our life in light of Paul and Timothy and what he's saying to them in light of the gospel, in light of who we are and the way that we see ourselves, this yeah. infusion of character? What does yeah, that look so this, like? So the second step then is the the gospel piece. Like, what does it look like to look at the gospel? So watch your life closely, watch the gospel closely. And the, I want to give a warning to that also, because, and this one may surprise people, but there is a kind of approach to faith that just says, forget knowing anything about myself. I'm just going to go all in on theology. I'm going to go all in on knowing the scriptures. Um, and believe it or not, I think there's a warning here yeah. because it, it it is possible to turn the scriptures and God and theology into statements and facts that we learn and memorize and feel profoundly and be accurate and correct and worthy yeah. of doing. Yeah. But if at some point the gospel message doesn't cause you to look at your own life mm-hmm. and recognize your own deficiencies, your own shortcomings, your own idolatry, 
then it, you haven't let it work its full power. Sure. And so part of that is others encouraging you through the word. It's your own time invested in the word. Yeah. It's a willingness to the work of the Holy Spirit, yeah. speaking conviction within you, manifesting the reality of the gospel to you. Yeah. Um, so these two have to be going side by side. In one, you get lost just in your own world. In yeah. the other, yeah. faith becomes a kind of abstract theological posture you take, and somehow you imagine you're good because you know what's good. At some point, those two have to... To, to cross over and you bring those two together and they're yeah. both equal passage, which yeah. is what um, Paul describes. But yeah, I use the language of character being infused in the chapter. Yeah. And part of that's to draw a distinction between um, Christians are not the only people to talk about virtue or character. Sure. So uh, oh, yeah. in ancient history, there have long been discussions about how men develop character and virtue. And there's lists of the virtues that have been made. Many of those overlap with Christian virtues. The mm -hmm. church has had this conversation. But what I think makes the Christian approach to character and virtues unique is in the ancient world, um, the philosophers thought that you acquired virtue by practice. You learned about it, and then you acted on it and acted on it until it became habitual. It became a habit of your life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was character because it was so practiced, it was your knee-jerk reaction. Right? Yeah. Um, certainly, there's some of that in Christianity. Go and do good, right? Like Practice these things. But there's also a sense that when you get a hold of your deepest need, and yeah. when you recognize the way that the gospel, by its grace and mercy, fulfills that need, yeah. in spite of your inability to yeah. do so, it actually, the promise of scripture is that it will take hearts of stone and it'll turn them into beating flesh, that it yeah. will rework who we are and our wow. identity. Um, and so I use the language, there's a medieval passage. It's actually talking about Mary, uh, who's, ironically, I close the book by an analogy of how Mary develops character right. in a men's book. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's really telling of how Christians early on thought of character. Yeah. And there's a passage from a medieval uh, book in which Mary is contemplating the face of God. She's turning in prayer towards God and she becomes so overwhelmed by the bigness, the glory of God compared to her smallness that it says that she suddenly became humbled. Yeah. And with that humility, she was infused yeah. with all other virtues. Wow. And I think that's a really interesting idea that if I could get a sense of who I really am yeah. and a sense of who God really is revealed through the story of Christ's death and resurrection, that in that moment of those two things becoming honest and real, yeah. that true humility, it opens the door to all other virtue and character being put in me and fused yeah. in me by that realization. So yeah. for the Christian, certainly it's a matter of go practice these things. I mean, this is where we started in the conversation, right? Like, yeah. I'm a man. Tell me what to do next. Tell me how to get started. Yeah. There is a piece of that. But there's also a piece that just says, God, I want to understand myself. I want to understand what you have already done for me in the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And through those two realities becoming more real to me, infuse in me this better story, yeah. this better instinct, this yeah. instinct of faith that yeah. develops out character and virtue over the years of that left foot, right foot, know myself, know the gospel, know myself, know yeah. the gospel. I think the way to think about Christian character and virtue is if you aim at it, you'll probably develop pride and a whole bunch of awkward traits along the way. Yeah. But if you aim at Christ and self-knowledge, applying the gospel, I think days come where all of a sudden you find yourself acting virtuously. Yeah. You find in yourself a kind of character that maybe you hadn't recognized there before. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, like you said, we'll take two chapters to wrap it up. We have one more left, but uh, no, this has been It's fantastic. the shortest chapter, the final one. So <laughs> right. it's just a way of trying to tie up loose ends, but I no. think we'll make for a good conversation yeah. no, too. No, I think so too. And uh, yeah. we'll conclude, hopefully, along with people who have been reading the book, The yeah. Five Masculine Instincts. Yeah.
If you pre-ordered a copy of The Five Masculine Instincts, you should be receiving it in the mail either today or tomorrow, certainly this week. And uh, if you haven't already, know that it's officially out this week. So now's the best time in the world to be able to pick it up. If you do receive a copy of the book, I'd love to hear about it. Maybe you could post an image online of the book. And then, of course, reviews are a big part of a book being successful. So maybe you could take a minute wherever you bought the book to leave a short review and tell me your thoughts. What did you think of it? Uh, What was helpful? What was it? An honest review. That would be a, a huge way of providing support for the book. And it would mean a lot to me. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.